VinePair's New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And I'm Joanna Sherino. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the VinePair Friday podcast. We have a dog on the table. <laughs> Sound the alarm. There's Sound a the small, alarm. tiny dog on the table in the recording studio. She's joining the pod. I know. Pod. Pod dog. Anyways, yeah. so uh, <laughs> for this Friday's episode, as we as we kick it into high gear for the holidays, I thought we'd talk about the little thing line of beers from Sierra Nevada. We had a really interesting story on the site recently. Yes. Jenna, why don't you chat about that? Oh, sure. So, um, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, this idea of like the little thing phenomenon Mm -hmm. of Sierra Nevada coming out with hazy little thing. Um, It's hazy IPA and... And it's some would say New England song, right? Any IPA, and its success kind of launching a whole line of this particular branding in different colors, um, and how they've managed to do that very successfully without losing the loyal consumers to their core brand, Sierra Nevada brand, right? Because people love their pale ale, they love their celebration. Um, IPA, right? Mm-hmm. Torpedo. Torpedo. Um, but the little thing line kind of stands apart from that and mm-hmm. is just as successful, if mm-hmm. not more. Yeah. Um, so the the article that we published um, this week was from Sarah Kuda is the writer. And um, it's really fascinating. Uh, she kind of dug deep into the data of it, but also kind of the marketing efforts that Sierra Nevada has made to continue to propel this brand. Yeah. Are either of you Sierra, are you either of you either Sierra Nevada drinkers or little thing drinkers? I was a big like Sierra Nevada pale ale drinker uh, in my early beer days. Like that was one of my absolute go-to beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that I've had it all that often recently, although it's, you know, it's really interesting. This was actually something I was going to bring up later, but it's, I think it's really interesting for me to note now. And I wonder if this is true for the two of you. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale used to be one of those like sort of very large production craft beers that you could count on finding a lot of places, right? You know, your airport bars, your, uh, you know, uh, concert venues, et cetera. And I feel like even if in sales terms, he's a little thing has not replaced Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It's like uh, basically just added to Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Uh, I do think it's really replaced it in that specific placement. Like I see he's a little thing everywhere I go. I don't see Sierra Nevada Pale Ale as much anymore. Um, even in those like big, you know, sort of, you know, whether, like I said, on an, you know, at an airport, on an airplane, in a, uh, you know, yeah, in an arena, whatever it's, it's like very much supplanted it, which is, I think fascinating. It just, I don't, I, I, I don't know if it's the novelty or just it better fits the current beer landscape than, uh, you know, 30 plus old year old craft beer does. And what I thought was interesting in the article is the data that shows that, where the majority of the the consumers to Hazel Little Thing are coming from is they're coming from like hard seltzer and yeah, things like that. Yeah, I thought that, that was super interesting. And that this brand sort of speaks to them and feels like an easy entry point into craft beer. Whereas like, let's also be honest, like Sierra Nevada, especially Torpedo uh, and Pale to some extent, those are very much West Coast style, very hot forward, bitter beers. And there's a market for that. I love those beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I, I agree with Zach. I don't, I feel like I don't see, I see Sierra Nevada in, in like every bodega I walk into and like every, um, 
like grocery store in the city, but he is right. I don't think, I don't feel like I see it as much on draft lines as I, I used to. I definitely see hazy little thing more. Um, but, but doesn't that speak to the haze craze? Yes, I think it does. The people are looking for softer, more approachable IPAs that are fruitier and less bitter. Um, and if you're thinking about what they're coming from, they're coming from seltzers that are fruity and kind of sweet and easy to drink. And so th- it, it definitely makes sense. What I found fascinating about this is this is very similar to like, you know, what what's happened for New Belgium and Voodoo Ranger is that they created this this one beer Mm -hmm. that then basically became a whole line extension that's now almost almost a different brand entirely. Right. And, you know, the fact, you know, Sierra Nevada still puts their name on it. But I mean, I almost think at this point they don't even have to. You know, like it could literally just be hazy little thing IPA, not even ever say Sierra Nevada. And most consumers would be like, cool. I'll drink it. But I do think that in initially it very much benefited the brand, especially from the brand's ability to distribute. Yes. It, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of really cool approachable brands out there with great packaging that are delicious that they just don't have the marketing, you know, the, the distribution muscle to push into all of these or different the reputation. Yeah. 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 And Sierra Nevada did. And so it was really easy for them to get on the shelves. And then once they're on the shelves, the beer spoke for itself and was very drinkable and was the first nationally available hazy IPA because they had, you know, figured it out in mm-hmm. some regard. Right. And so they were taking this style that, the rest of the country was saying, oh, you know, it's so hard to be shelf stable and they got to be the freshest of the fresh and blah, blah, blah. And we was like, no, we figured out how to make something that tastes very similar to what everyone is obsessed with. And it will last on the shelf forever, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can ship it across the country and not worry about what happens during the shipping process. And here you go. And I think that really, you know, that the innovation plus the brand really put them in a in a very enviable position, in a position that has caused them to grow just leaps and bounds. Do you think that people know it's Sierra Nevada though? Huh. I'm that's what I say. I, I'm 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 unclear about that. I think it says it on the can, right? It says it on the box. Right. But I think most people just like the little thing that, that that's why I think they've been smart to extend the line from Hayes Little Thing to Wild Little Thing, Sunny Little Thing, because it's people know little thing. Right. Well, and that's what I think is fascinating about this because it's so different than the approach that New Belgium is taking with the Voodoo Ranger line, right? The Voodoo Ranger line is all IPAs. Like the line extensions are right. Imperial IPAs, everything, but they're not they're not putting out a Voodoo Ranger sour ale. They're not putting out a Voodoo Ranger wheat beer. And Sierra Nevada with right. the little thing line is. And I don't mean I don't mean to say I don't know. Well, we might be able to talk about whether one of those seems like a better strategy or not. I, I'm not sure. But I do think it's really interesting that these two legacy craft breweries with these incredibly successful sort of reinventions of their brand, or at least new brands that they've launched to great acclaim over the last few years, have taken dramatically different approaches to these line extensions. And found similar success. It, yeah. I mean, I think I think the, the success of the Little Thing line is, because they're a little bit newer, is a little bit less of a proven fact. Like, Hazel Thing is undeniably a huge success. I'm not sure that the right. others are, although obviously what you can do with this, as, as we'll talk about as we're seeing, is you can put all four of those beers in a variety pack. And again, to the point of they're capturing a lot of audience from Seltzer. Well, what does Seltzer like? Seltzer drinkers like? They like variety packs. So giving them uh, four mm-hmm. pack or not four different beers in a 12 pack or whatever that are decidedly different flavor profiles is going to meet those drinkers where they're at in terms of what they're looking for in their experience. And it may be a huge success. 
I just, I'm curious to know, I, I don't have a great sort of internal sense of which of these approaches is better. And it could be that both work for each brand, right? Certainly New Belgium is not suffering and the, the Voodoo Ranger line as a whole is doing great. It may be that that works for them and that what Sierra Nevada is doing with the little thing line is also going to work for them and just they'll be different. Yeah. I mean, also you said the little thing line is only two years old at this point, right? Because those came out, I think in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think that the little thing line extension makes more sense because you're you're capturing more people who don't necessarily like IPAs. Um, but I also think the Voodoo Ranger line is capturing that very, very engaged IPA loving audience. Mm-hmm. Again, could work for each respective brand. It kind of blows me away how popular it's become. And how they were able to do it. Because I will say, Zach, that is how it's different from Voodoo Ranger is the most surprising thing to me. Because I would have thought they would have just expanded in the way that you've seen a lot of other brands expand. Like maybe there's a hazy little thing with blood orange juice. Or there's Mm -hmm. a hazy little thing IPA that's, again, higher alcohol. Or the sessionable hazy little thing. Or the fact they were like, no, no, no. We are going to take a stab at doing a wheat beer and a sour Mm -hmm. is crazy and it's working yeah and you know that that i think also speaks to what this brand feels like which is like this very cool like it's almost like the the craft beer cool kid starter pack it's like here are the styles people are like liking craft beer you know but they're very approachable like wild little thing from the last time i had it is not is not the most sour of sours Mm -hmm. you know Hazy little thing is not the most hazy of hazies, right? It gives you an idea of what people are into who are like craft beer nerds, but without like it slamming you over the face so that you may or may not like it. Right. It's the entry point. They're all their entry levels. And then Mm -hmm. some people just get stuck because they're good and you can find them everywhere. And I think that that is the brilliance here. Like, they, you know, Sierra Nevada is a national company. They want to be a big national company, and you do that by making beers that are as approachable as possible to the largest group of people, right? You don't do that by making crazy esoteric beers that some people get and others don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's just that's the difference between what they're doing and what a small brewery in someone's town is doing with lines out the door from the craft beer nerds, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. I think it's also very catchy too. And I think both are honestly voodoo ranger has its whole, you know, very fun brand that they're building there. And this is also very fun. They're they're very fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually a really important point too, because one thing that we've also seen with both the voodoo ranger line and the little thing line is it's been a, a really needed sort of brand refresh for breweries. Like, I have a lot of fond memories of both, as mentioned before, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and Fat Tire, like New Belgium's previous most popular kind of well-known beer. But like those beers still look exactly the same and probably kind of taste exactly yeah. the same <laughs> as they were yeah, they nearly do. 20 years ago when I started drinking them. And this gives not only an opportunity for the like a, a brand to in re- the brewery to reach a whole new set of beer drinkers but also like to present literally a different image to the drinking public than a sort of you know there's like that trap of being of having a really successful craft beer which is like it's really hard to change things about it right and i think in the the piece that ran on the site back in uh, september about 
Voodoo Ranger has talked about how like, you know, when they started kind of uh, when New Belgium started looking at kind of reformulating their Ranger IPA, which was their kind of longstanding IPA in their lineup. They're like, we have to reinvent everything, including the imagery and the 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 recipe itself, because it just isn't relevant in the way that it was whenever they launched it previously. And in the same way that Sierra Nevada Pale Ale definitely has its adherents and its fans and its diehards, it as a whole was not going to go out and capture new market share for Sierra Nevada. It was going to hold market share at best. And I think that the other point that's really interesting to me, and I think, Adam, you're kind of hinting at this, but I wanted to say it more explicitly, is like the way in which the, the permission structure that this sort of line of beers gives you to try something new because it's connected to if you if you've had hazy little thing and like it you might be much more likely to dabble in a wheat beer a sour beer from the same brewery with the same labeling basically and and maybe it comes in the variety pack again so you're not committing to as much beer in the first place and it just kind of gives you i think it gives the average beer drinker or a person who's coming to this category from other places a degree of confidence in the beer that picking up a random you know, citrus wheat ale, sour ale, et cetera, might, they might not have. And that's really powerful too, right? It gives people, like I said, that kind of confidence in the product because Sierra Nevada has proven that it can deliver the goods with a hazy little thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I would, I'd love to know if, if those listening are fans of the beer, know the beer, um, you know, or are you a fan of the original line? Um, Hit us up at podcastdivinepair.com and let's let's try it. So we all have hazy little thing in front of us, right? That's correct. Cool. Let's so fu- fun Vine Pair podcast flashback. This was, I think, the first thing we ever tried in an episode on air many, many years ago. It was also the first ever hazy IPA I had. As embarrassing. It pours pretty hazy. Yeah. Decently hazy. This is the first. Did you say it's the first hazy IPA you've ever had? Well, it was when I it had when it. We had hazy little thing. Yeah, back on the we did it on that one of the early podcast episodes, way back in the uh, in those days. Shout outs, Nick Patry. Uh, he shared a beer with me then. Our long, our long ago engineer. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's pretty good. Yeah, I feel like I have such similar the, the the thought. You know, we just keep coming back to the Voodoo Ranger conversation, but like in the same way that I tried that and was like, I totally get why this is successful. You have hazy little thing, you know, like it's exactly what we said before, right? Like it, it's not the haziest of beers. Like you can mm-hmm. go to your a craft brewery in your area and get something that's like hazier, maybe juicier, you know, more pillowy, whatever. But it definitely hits those notes, and it's like you know, it's just fucking good. Like it's not. I don't know if there's a lot more to say, but that's that's that's, that's solid. Yeah. I mean, I think it really is. Like we said this before. It's the same as as the pale and and torpedo. Like those two, really, they are very good ambassadors for the West Coast style of West Coast pale ales and West Coast IPAs. Mm-hmm. Like they are just very solid beers. Are they <clears throat> the best West Coast pale ale? No, I mean there are other you know there are smaller brewers, etc. But they're very solid beers. This is a very good ambassador for what hazy beers taste like. Right, they're not the best mm-hmm. ambassador, you know. Like, but this this gives you pretty much what people like in hazies, right? About know? the category, yeah. 
Or the style, rather. Exactly. It's fruity. It's soft. It's, you know, it's very approachable. There's almost no bitterness at all here. Mm -hmm. It's all of the citrus of the hops with none of the bitter. It's a well-done beer. It's a well-done beer. So, yeah, hit us up, podcast at vinebear.com. Let us know what you think. If you like any other little things in the line, right, maybe you're a sunny little thing person or a wild little thing person. So let us know. Uh, Always love to hear from everybody. And we'll see you back here. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Yeah. Merry Christmas Mm. and happy Hanukkah. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Vine Pair Podcast Network. If you love listening to this show, or even if you don't, but I really hope that you do, as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now through an app, however you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show. And now for some totally awesome credits. So the Vine Pair podcast is recorded in our New York City headquarters and in Seattle, Washington in Zach Chabal's basement. It is recorded by Zach, mastered and produced by Zach. He loves all the credit. Keep giving it to him. Drop his name in the reviews. He's going to love hearing how much you love him. It is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair Podcast Network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor-in-chief, Joanna Sherino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire Vine Pair staff and everyone who's been involved in making Vine Pair as special as it's become. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.